Welcome to Beyond. Uh, you can stay standing just for a couple of seconds. And we've got a co-host, sorry, we've got a host that's out today. So I'm actually jumping in with Harry today. Hello. Um, for the first time hosting. So give him a hand. Oh. Multi-talented. Thank you. Worship leading, hosting. Stop all that. And uh, before the service started, I asked Harry to play some tunes for us while we talk. But he says that he can only sing and play, not... Um, 
Yeah, singing, singing has a rhythm to it. Talking is like, as soon as I try to do like two rhythms at once, it's like. Alright, so do you want me to help out? Yeah, you can help right, out. We'll, we'll give this a crack. Um, so after this musical failure is over, um, myself and the band are going to play a couple more songs for you all this evening for you to enjoy and join in on. So enjoy the song, Rosie. Um, and then Josh is going to jump up for part two of Plot Twist in a plot twist of his own there. Um, yeah, what else do people need to know tonight? Was so I'm just caught in the moment there, Harry. Um, is it weirder if I strum or is that just you? And then... Um, it's really hard. All right. Um, anyway, so thank, thank you very much. No, you're welcome. Hey, so uh, we've got toilets at the back if you need any. There's some bar tables at the front with some snacks. So if you need a mid, uh, you know, mid-sermon snake or lolly, you can grab that there. Um, but once again, if it's your first time here or your first time in a long time, we really want to welcome you to Beyond tonight. Um, it's great to have you here. We're so happy that you made your way out on a Sunday night. Um, we've got this thing called communion as well. And if that freaks you out, don't worry. Josh will step us through that. Um, but apart from that, I'm going to hand back to Harry, and he's going to worship lead, uh, not host. And uh, yeah, I hope you really enjoy the night, and we'll see you soon. The next song is Man of Sorrows. Precious blood 
that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me. Whom the Son sets free, oh, is free indeed. Now my debt is paid, it is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me. Whom the Son sets free, oh, is free. Josh jumps up for part two. The next two is just part two. Please, it is well. This is another new one. Filled in last week. Brother Deshane, acclimatize everybody, please.
If everyone likes to stand, stand for the video before the stage. One of the most kind to welcome to the stage, one of our most regular performers. He's currently attending, thank God, you hear anonymous meetings. 
to cope with his addiction, but tonight he's fallen off the wagon, and we're glad. Co-host of the Hamish and Andy Drive Time Juggernaut, Hamish Blake. Let's hear it for him. attended school were you a, a uniform man or a no i had to wear one yeah, yeah. but it, it, it usually did look like this because i wanted to show off my legs you can't <laughs> fantastic you look as good you haven't had a peek in there no, no. hitman Hit is youngest hitman could be or trombone it could be that uh, that obvious now before you go through that door i've got to tell you you are not going through alone okay uh constable i thought you were joining there he is oh. Constable, Constable Reeves. Hamish Blake, good luck. <sighs> oh, thank God, it's not you. Crazy day, crazy. Who wants to go to bed? We don't do enough of that anymore. Who's there's someone at the door? Oh, yeah, there, that's him. Oh yeah. my god, Michael, why is there a policeman with you? I don't know, you know, he followed me home. Michael, the what's the real reason there's a policeman with you? I've decided to hire protection. <laughs> I think, um, I think a few of the other kids in the orchestra are getting a little bit jealous of you know. Who. Um, so he's just basically witness protection. I think we should go to bed. Who's tired? <laughs> Michael, did something happen at band practice? No. <laughs> we spotted your son driving on Chesterfield Road. Driving? He doesn't have a license. Golf clubs. We were just having, you know, Dan, I want to be like, I want to be like you. He was spotted driving a car very erratically, doing wheelies, burnouts, donuts, and at one point he even mounted the footpath. <laughs> Why would you do that? Well, because you get bored on the regular ride, and then you <laughs> see what I can do. Sit up down. Up. Right yes. now, Michael. Okay, you can probably go, mate. <laughs> Where in God's name did you learn to do wheelies and burnouts? Not your car. Um, <laughs> your car, Mum. After a short chase, we managed to apprehend him and all of his passengers. Passengers? Michael, who else was in the car? Granddad, I mean, it, I'm still, I'll, I'll look after him because, you know, that's my job. Every we day counted 17 individuals. <laughs> what were 17 people doing in a car? Okay, well, he's focusing on the negatives. <laughs> on the plus side, you're looking at the regional champion of, of, of fitting mates into a car. Why don't you tell your parents what we found in the boot of the car? Uh, Dave, Steve, <laughs> Macca. Several spray cans and a balaclava. Uh, well, because you know, I've had that cold. Um, <laughs> that was like Ventolins. The balaclava, just because like, my hand gets freezing sometimes. Michael, uh, look, officer, I'm sure there's a perfectly reasonable explanation for why Michael's behaving this way. Yes. Michael. I was drunk, and we all do silly things. <laughs> and I think, we, I think we can all look back on this in an hour from now and have a big laugh. <laughs> Some how long have you been drinking for? I, not forever. Obviously, my first few years were milk, and thank you. Um, <laughs> I am talking about alcohol. How long have you been drinking alcohol? Right. I don't know how, I can't give you a sort of a day figure, but... Hero. 
I mean, I've, I've heard you and your mates talk. We also detected a strong smell of smoke from the car. What right. sort of smoke? You'll be pleased to know that rather than use the heating, we had our own sort of fires going around. <laughs> Look, officer, this is very uncharacteristic behaviour for our son. Michael is a model student. He's a member of the school band. That's right. Yes. Yes. Why don't you show your parents what's in that case? <sighs> Just a trombone, I would have thought. I, um, uh, rather than bore you with it, yeah, that's, it is a trombone. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you what it's about. It's about time you got some new jewellery, Mum, because <laughs> that stuff's ridiculous. Cool. Well, hello, everyone. Um, as the host was saying before, my name is Josh, um, and that was one of my favourite TV shows um, back in 2010. That's when it aired um, on Channel 7. I know it seems like a long, long time ago. Um, and it's quite a, a quite a funny show. Um, you can check out it if you haven't watched it before on uh, YouTube. There's a heap of videos, Hamish Blake and all the rest. Um, and the show is kind of based on um, they get celebrities, they get um, comedians, they get everyday people, and they throw them into these scenarios. And they're dressed up. They don't know what they're jumping into. They don't know what's going on. They don't know who they are. And they get thrown into the scenario. Get met with somebody uh, by somebody who says. Thank God you're here. This is the scenario. And all of a sudden, they've got to work out what's going on, who they are, and why they're here, and how to, how to handle themselves in the scenario. And life oh, is a lot like that. We get flung into the into this story of, of the lives that we find ourselves in. We didn't have a decision over it. We just kind of got thrown into it. And we had to work out what's going on. We had to answer questions like, who am I? Why am I here and what am I supposed to do? Who am I? What am I supposed to be? Why am I here? What is going on? These are some of the questions that we are confronted with when we step into this world. And we've got to work them out pretty quickly. And the first time we kind of um, encounter these questions um, often is right before we leave high school. Around that grade 10, grade 11 mark, some of you guys are in that right now and asking these questions. And we bump up against these questions because... All of a sudden, life as what we know it is coming to an end. Next year or in a couple of years' time, school's going to finish and then what? And parents and teachers tell us, well, you've got to, what are you going to do once you finish school? What are you going to do? And for a lot of us, this can be a daunting question. So daunting, in fact, that some of you went to Europe for a year to try and work things out and cool things over. Um, some of you had a gap year, and it's been a four, six-year gap year, and you still don't know what's going on. Um, others of you, you've um, jumped into a job at Woolies or Coles or at uh, Macca's, flipping burgers, and you don't, it's not the career you want, but you have to because you have to work out what, uh, where money's coming from because your parents aren't paying for things anymore. Um, it can be quite a daunting task. Do we go into hospitality? Do we take a trade? Do we go um, into... Uh, a university. And for me, I had all these questions and I had no idea where to start. Uh, in grade 11 and uh, grade 12, you're um, set at Grace Lutheran College with three counselling sessions um, with like a careers counsellor to help you kind of map out the trajectory of what you're going to do past school. Um, your first one's in grade 11, kind of test the waters. Early grade 12 is your second one and then 
uh, late grade 12 trying to finalise things is the third one. And in my first one, I literally had no idea what I wanted to do prior out of finishing school. And um, it was actually quite a daunting question for me. Um, and so rather than engaging with the question and trying to work it out, I um, deflected the question. And so I walked in uh, to my careers counsellor the first time and uh, she asked me, what are you going to do? And I uh, politely responded uh, by saying, I'm going to win the lottery and uh, never work a day in my life. Because uh, what a great plan. You win the lottery, you win big, you win $20 million, that'll set you up for at least a while. Um, enough time to at least work out what you're going to do with your life. Um, I was going to buy a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, um, a house, maybe a boat, um, go fishing. Don't, I'm not really good at fishing, but I'm sure with $20 million I could work out how to fish um, over an extended period of time. So that was game plan one. Uh, that was um, session one with my careers counsellor. And she kind of laughed it off and sent me out the room. Um, for my second one, I still had no idea. This is early grade 12, still had no idea what I was doing. Um, I was doing subjects like physics and, and math, but I didn't really know what to do with that. Um, so jumped in uh, to my second careers counselling one, and um, again, I wasn't going to give a serious answer, and so I borrowed my friend's sunglasses, uh, walked in uh, to it, and there's this song uh, that came out of the 80s saying, um, my future's so bright, I'm going to wear shades. And this is kind of my tactic. I walked in, um, sat down, uh, and, my, um, and my careers counsellor asked me, what are you going to do when you finish? And I said, I don't know, miss, but my future's so bright, I'm going to wear shades. And that's where it went. I walked out the room, and then I walked back in because uh, my teacher was not uh, very impressed uh, with my response, and we kind of got nowhere with that. The third counselling session, this is back in the grade 12, like August, July, sometime around there. Um, QCAT's kind of rolling in. If you want to get into uni, you've got to submit. Um, and I, I literally still have no idea what I'm going to do. Uh, so walk into the careers counsellor, she asked me, what are you going to do when you finish high school? And this time, I, I, I just answer honestly, I, I don't actually know. I don't actually know what I'm going to do when I finish high school. Um, and so she asked me a second question. Well, well what do you like? And there are two things that grade 12 Josh loved. One was cricket, um, but if you know me, uh, you know, or if you just watch me for about 30 minutes after this service, you'll quickly work out that I'm not coordinated at all. The Lord has blessed me with a lot of things. Coordination is not one of them. So professional cricket player was off the cards. Um, so that left me with the second thing that I absolutely loved, um, and that was crime shows. Loved CSI, uh, loved... Um, uh, CSI Miami and all the rest. My favourite one uh, was actually The Mentalist with Patrick Jane, um, starred as, as Pat or Simon Baker. Um, so that was my favourite TV show, and I don't know how the rest of the discussion went, um, but I ended up enrolling in a Bachelor of Criminology and Criminal Justice at QUT. And next year, I would jump into that course, and I would study long and hard for three whole weeks. That's right, I would uh, study for three whole weeks and then I would drop out. Um, and that was literally because I had no idea what I was, what I was doing. Um, I, it wasn't because the assessment was too much and it wasn't because um, uni wasn't something I could commit to. It was actually because of the first assignment I actually had to do. And the first assignment I had to do, you had to write a thousand 
word um, essay answering one question. And the one question is a really like, it's, it's a really telling question. And it's a really, um, it's a great question. I love asking this question of people who are studying or thinking about studying. Uh, and the question is, if you finish your degree today, what would you do tomorrow? And uh, I couldn't give a good answer to it. And I figured, what's the point in accumulating twenty or $30,000 worth of debt um, to get a piece of paper for a career that I don't really know what I want to do with? So I dropped out, jumped into concreting, had a full year, uh, gap year, and I kind of have a better picture now four years later. Um, but if I'm honest, I'm still trying to work it all out. And if we're all honest, we're all still trying to work life out. Nobody has life mapped out unless you're a grade nine boy then obviously you've got life mapped out or you just haven't experienced enough about life because life will quickly teach you that you can't, you can't know it all. You can't predict everything. Life is going to throw you a few curveballs and you've got to kind of work it out. You've got to kind of wade through the mess. When we're thrown into this life, we've got to work out how do we make sense of it all. From the day we are born, we are, we are on this quest to work out who we are and why we're here, to work out what is going on in the world around us and make sense of the simple suffering? You know, from a very young age, we bump up against the existence of evil, suffering, and death. And you see it in kids when they, when they first experience it. They're trying to make sense of why this happens. We see it in the world around us when we look at the news. We see human trafficking. We see sexual assault. We see shootings at schools these terrible events, how do we make sense of it all? When we see it, it's like there's something within us that cries out saying, this is not the way things are meant to be. How do we make sense of that? The, the reason why we're doing this series is to help you make sense of it all, to make sense of the story that you are actually a part of. Um, we launched last week a brand new series called Plot Twist, and this is midway through, next week is part three. And in part one last week, we said, um, you are actually being invited into a bigger story than just your own. That Jesus has actually extended an invitation to everyone into a greater story than just their own. And um, the reason why that's important is because, um, because and this guy, a uh, really sharp dude, a um, lot smarter than me, um, kind of says this, and I, I agree with him. Um, I can only understand the question of what I am to do if I answer the prior question of what story or stories do I find myself a part of? If we're to make sense of how we are to live in within this world, we need to first understand what story or stories we are a part of that we have been flung into. And Jesus has extended everyone an invitation into a grander story than just their own. And tonight we're actually going to look at that story that he's invited you into. If you're not a Christian, this series and this message um, is particularly for you to help you make sense of um, the story and the invitation that Jesus has extended to you because an invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation into this story. And if you're a Christian, the reason why we're doing this series and the reason why it will be of value to you is because when you make sense of the story that God has invited you into, it will help you make sense of how you are to live within this world. It will help you make sense of the plan and the purpose that God has for your life. And um, so that's, that's where we're headed tonight. We're going to look at this grand story. And this story has actually been given to us. 
It's been preserved throughout history, documented across the ages um, by 40-odd different authors, um, written about 2,000 or so years ago. Um, and it's been compiled into one book called the Bible. And it's called the Bible, and it's one book, but it's really a collection of books. Uh, the word Bible in Greek, and I don't speak Greek, but the word um, that it came from uh, means the book. And the reason why it's called the book is because it's a collection of 66 books written by 40-odd different authors, written over a 1,500-year period, give or take a few years, and yet it tells one story. And this one story has some key movements, some key scenes within it, like any other story. And within uh, this story, we actually find ourselves within one of the scenes contained within this grander story. And it's for us to make sense of how we are to live within the scene while we are not given a script as such. By looking back at what has happened, we can map the trajectory of what will happen and will help us make sense of how to live within the time and space in which we are found. And so tonight I want to begin uh, by looking at these five things, these five scenes which are contained, these five movements which are contained within this grander story found within the Bible. First scene um, begins with God. God, it, God creates time and space as we know it. He creates the universe, he creates the galaxies, the planets, the stars, he creates earth. He creates this beautiful landscape, the ocean, the trees, the mountains. And he places it all in the hands of humanity. At the climax of creation is humanity. He creates man and woman in his own image, in his own likeness. If you want to understand who you are, you need to understand who God is. Because you are created in his image. If you understand who God is, you understand who you are. And God created us in his image. Why? To love him and to love others because God is love. And he created us in his image to love others and to love him and to live in perfect harmony with him. And that is the way things work. Everything good, beautiful, and perfect in this world came from God because that's who he is. This world had no brokenness, no suffering, no sin, no evil in the world. There was no death. It was this perfect universe. And there were two people which God created. And you may have heard of these two people. That, um, you may have heard snippets of the Bible. You may have read this story, the story of Adam and Eve. And God creates these people and he puts them in this garden and says, um, I want you to rule over it. I want you to cultivate it. I want you to care for it. I want you to love me, love others. Um, but God is not a controlling God. God doesn't want to force his love on you. And so he, he gave a rule to them and said, hey, look, um, I, I, uh, I've got your best interest in mind, and I don't want you to touch this tree, but if you do, um, there will be consequences. And so he gives humanity an option to trust him and to love him or to not, because he didn't want to force his love on humanity. And um, the bright guys decided that God was, um, yeah, look, he was full of it. And they decided, hey, no, nah, let's, let's disobey God. Let's, let's go our own way. We know better than God. And they went and did what God told them not to do. And bingo, um, you guessed it. The, the consequences that um, God kind of uh, foretold about death entering the world and 
um, evil entering the world that they, they disobeyed God happened. And all of a sudden, um, the world was damaged. All of a sudden, evil existed. All of a sudden, mental health issues existed. All of a sudden, there was sin, death, and suffering within the world. The world was damaged by evil. We were damaged by evil. And we can look at Adam and Eve and we can go, wow, guys, you're you're like bright. You're not that bright. You could have worked that out. You shouldn't have disobeyed God. But we're kind of guilty as well. We can't just blame Adam and Eve. We are also guilty because we turn our backs on God all the time. We don't even consult with God half the time. We just go and do our own thing because we think we can work it out on our own. And we go off on our own and sometimes we get it right, but sometimes we get it wrong. We say things like, I'm not perfect. Nobody is perfect. And that statement alone admits that we have been damaged by evil. Because sin, uh, as the Bible describes it, is to fall short of God's standard. And God is perfect, so sin is really to fall short of a perfect standard. And by saying that we are not perfect, that nobody is perfect, we're really saying that we are all sinners, that we all have been damaged by evil. That is the state in which we live. And God, the director of this amazing story, while he could have abandoned us there and started over with a new cast, he actually did something incredible. And he, rather than turning his back on us, would run towards us to save us, to save us and set us free from sin, death, and suffering. And he would work through people. He would work through creation. He would work through time and space. He would work through these people called the the Israelites and Israel. He would work, and they play a really key part in the Old Testament. He'd work through people like Noah, David, and Moses and Abraham. These are really key people that God works through. And he's working through them and um, as building towards this larger thing, this larger thing that was to come. There would be prophets that would point towards this amazing event that was to come where God would step into the story himself. And God would speak through the prophets. He would work through all these people and then he would go silent for 400 years. Nobody knew what was going on. And then all of a sudden, after 400 years of silence, God would step into the story in the form of a baby boy. Jesus entered into the story. He was born into this world, into time and space itself into the time and space he created. And he all did it to restore us to better. He lived in this life and he would tell others about the life that is found in him and that those who believe in him would have eternal life. That those who believe in him would be set free from death, free from sin, free from suffering. That they wouldn't have to hold on to the burden of their guilt and shame. That they wouldn't be ruled by their anxieties anymore, but Jesus was going to set them free. And this isn't what the people were expecting. This is a massive plot twist in the story. And not even the disciples were expecting what was going to come because Jesus was going to be crucified on a cross. And by doing that, he would set all of us free. He would bear the evil in this world on his shoulders, our mistakes, our suffering. He would suffer to set us free from suffering. He would die to set us free from death. 
he would forgive us through that. And he would say, those who believe in me actually get to participate in this next step. And everyone, the disciples even thought that it was all over when Jesus died. But three days later, he would rise again from the dead. And this would fill all of his followers with great joy because they knew that by rising from the dead, that they were actually freed as well from death as well. That all the claims of Jesus about belief in him leads to eternal life were true. And this filled them with great hope, great excitement, and they ran out and told so many other people about it. This great restoration, they were restored for better. And right before uh, Jesus would ascend into heaven, he would give his followers this one um, kind of commission. He would send them out and he would commission them um, to go out into the world and to tell others about what had happened, about the freedom and the hope that is found in him. He would, tell us, he would tell them to go out and to be a light to the world, to shine bright and to love others. And by loving others in the way he has loved them, that he would, they would reflect who he is and that people would turn to him and find the hope and the freedom that's found in him. He sent out uh, Christians, his followers, out into the world to shine, to shine and be a light to the world. And if you're a follower of Jesus, this is the scene that you find yourself in. This is the scene that we find ourselves in. We have been sent out together to be a light, to show God's love, and to invite others into this amazing story. This is the part of the story where we find ourselves, found ourselves, and by having faith, this is the onboarding ramp to this amazing story. This is the invitation that God has extended us to not live in a world damaged by evil, to not be ruled by sin, death, and suffering, but actually step into a greater story, a brighter story, a story that does not in, end in death, but leads to a life that extends on to all of eternity, an abundant and fruitful life. And the fifth scene is yet to come. That Jesus would point towards that there is a scene yet to come. Go tell others about what is going to, uh, about what I have done because there is a scene yet to come and this is an important scene. Because while we have been restored for better, while Jesus' death and resurrection has been this amazing victory in us, as you look around the world, there is still sin, there is still death, there is still suffering, there is still all these things wrong with the world. And that's not the way God designed it and that's not the way God wants it. I believe that's why when we look out at sin and we look out at death and we look at these horrific things in the world and we cry out, we, there's something that within all of us that says that's wrong. I believe that's because God has designed us all to believe that because that's who he designed us to be. He didn't design us to live in a world ruled by evil, but to live in a free world, a world ruled by love, goodness, and hope. And so the fifth scene the fifth scene Jesus talks about, and it's a scene where this earth is restored, and there's a new earth, and heaven actually comes down to earth, and there's this new heaven, and we get to live within this new earth, and we get to live within this new heaven, and we get to experience perfect harmony once again with God and with others. We are loved, and we get to experience love, uh, or we get to love others, and we get to experience love from God and from others. 
we get to experience his beautiful and amazing and the fourth theme if you're a christian the fourth theme um, for you guys you guys are really just the ushers the ushers who are to go out um, to the audience and tell them that the next scene is happening for them and that the doors will be closing and if the doors close you won't be able to get in and participate in this final scene it's only through faith that we get to step into this amazing story. It's only through belief in God, through in his son and his death and resurrection that we get to participate and take part and enter into this amazing story that God has invited us all into. And it's an amazing story, an amazing final scene that we will all be a part of if we have faith in him. And when we think about heaven, a lot of us can um, actually not be excited. I know I talk to some people about heaven and they're kind of like, well, I don't actually know if I want to be a part of that because they think clouds in the sky, they think floating up there with the harps. And um, imagine, imagine that. That would be quite boring. Um, I'm not coordinated, so I, don't, I can't imagine flying up in the sky um, playing a harp. I'd feel like that would be a terrible existence. But that's actually not the hope in heaven that God has promised all of us. To get a picture of heaven, you don't need to uh, look up to the clouds. All you need to do is simply look around and imagine what all this would be like without sin, death, and suffering. To go outside and, uh, and envision the most amazing place you've ever been, complete with mountains, uh, skates, and waterfalls, and trees, and oceans, and beaches, this abundant life. Picture flowers, not wilting, but blooming, with bright, vibrant colors. Picture uh, green, luscious grass. Picture blue, bright skies, not polluted by smog or gas. This beautiful creation, and within it, we get to experience perfect love with others, and with God. We, we don't, we're not ruled by anxiety or depression, but we are filled with hope and joy. That is the hope of heaven. There will be this amazing place, and there you will find, and you will get to meet your Creator. He'll be running towards you with this massive smile. He'll embrace you and tell you, welcome home. This is the place that I created for you. And this is where you are today. That's the amazing story that God has invited us all into. And it's all, to enter into the story, all you need to do is have faith in God, believe in his promise, because God has done it all. There is nothing we can do to earn our way into the story, to earn our way into this amazing story that God has invited us into free gift, a free gift that we receive through faith. And so in a moment, I'm going to pray. And um, uh, if, if you want to enter into this story, I'm going to give you the, the opportunity just to, uh, to pray this in your own mind, just to, to sit there and pray um, in your seat and to invite God into your own life, to invite God to be the director of your story. Now, if that's not something you want to do, if you're not completely sold on it, um, hang out there. Like, um, that's okay. I don't want you to be pressured into it um, because if I can pressure you into it, someone can pressure you out of it. I want this to be your decision. 
because God has extended all of us an invitation to follow him. And it's only you that can make the decision as to whether you will enter into this story or whether you will not. And so um, we're going to pray and the band's going to play Dear God, I was designed for good. You created me with a plan and a purpose. And yet I decided that I had a better plan than yours. I went my own way and I messed up. And tonight, I'm turning back to you. I receive your forgiveness. I believe in your son. And I will live forever with you. I will tell others of this amazing hope that is found in you, God. Thank you for this amazing story you have invited me into. In your name we pray. Amen. As um, the host said before, we're going to enter into a time of uh, if you've never heard of, of communion, uh, it, it's actually quite simple. Um, so um, we talk about this grand story um, that God has invited us into, and uh, God actually worked powerfully, not just in Jesus, but He worked powerfully throughout history. And um, one of the key people that were that were part of this story was the people of Israel. And God uh, would give them this this meal called the Passover, and the Passover is a way in which they could remember God's faithfulness, and then. Jesus would take this meal and he would give it a brand new meaning and he would fulfill what had happened and he would take the bread and he would break it. He would, he would, do, this, he would do this meal again, but he would give it something brand new and he would give it to all of us to participate in. And he would do it by taking the bread and breaking it. And he would say, this is my body broken for you for the forgiveness of sins. And later he would take the cup and he would... Um, Say it and tell his disciples, this is my blood shed for you for, forgive, for, for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this in remembrance of me for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you gather together in remembrance of me. Jesus has set us free from our burdens, um, from our shame and from our guilt. We don't need to hold on to them anymore. And so um, during this time, if this is something you want to participate in, I just invite you just to think about those things and then hand them over to God because you don't have to carry them for you. Um, so we'll quickly pray, we'll hand these things over to God and then you get to participate in communion if you want to. If you don't, that's okay. We've got Ribena and uh, wafers off to either side. Dunk them in the co- uh, cups and then head back to your seats. And we'll play one more song just after that. Quickly bow your heads and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, um, yeah, we just hand over to you our guilt and our shame, our hurt and our sorrow. We hand over the things that we are anxious of, Lord, to you. We trust in you. Would you set us free? Forgive us, Lord. Help us to live in this, in the freedom of your forgiveness and extend that forgiveness to others. We pray all these things in your name.
brought to stand by Ross Lane of the Yaga City Men. Good, good, good fire.
again. Hey, you guys can grab a seat. And uh, while you're sitting down, I think we should give it up for the band and for Josh tonight. It was such an amazing message. So feel free to give them a big thanks. Um, yeah, re- really good stuff tonight. And again, if you feel like you want to enter into that story that, um, that God has created, if you feel like you know, entering a relationship with Jesus is something that you're interested in, um, firstly, we'd love for you to do that. So Nate, after all of that, we'll give you the mic. Thanks again. That's it. Um, if you want to do that tonight... We'd also love to talk to you. We please don't keep that a secret. We'd love for you to share that with us. So I'll be around. Uh, we've got Molly up the back there and Pat, who you would have seen on the way in. Um, so if you don't know who to talk to, come to us first. But the rest of us are pretty friendly. Pat, Karen, Kay. Yeah, that's good. So you can talk to anyone. Maybe even Harry. He's a multi-talented maybe, man. So. Maybe, yeah. And uh, on an even more serious note, this, the sunnies that Josh put on before, they look pretty deep on stage, but they're actually Thomas the Tank Engine sunnies that say, born to ride on the side. So um, Josh, maybe your you know bit of joking with your teacher would have gone down a bit better if you wore something a bit cooler, like aviators or <laughs> Ray you know, Bans. Ray Bans, but um, Thomas the Tank. That's right. Toot toot, toot in the station. <laughs> toot toot. That's right. I, f- I promise, if you enter in a relationship with Jesus, your future will be so bright that you toot toot need shades. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know a few of those. Um, <laughs> that's right. So anyway, as I said before, um, you, we'd love to guide you through that relationship. Um, but at Beyond, we we have a kind of framework which we do that in called Connect Week. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot um, of fun. Harry's part of one. Part of one. Um, and during the week, we, we catch up and we just talk about life with Jesus and the world, how it's been transformed. Bit so of eating involved. Bit of eating. Bit of eating That's involved, it. Usually. Always a bit of eating. Bit of praying. Bit of fun. Um, but we've got these cards out back. You can jump on there. You'll see a little QR uh, code and you'll text that in if you work that out. If not, just type in Beyond Church or something. And we also, you, you'll see the Connect Week in the corner there. But you'll also see Go Beyond, which is a big event happening on August 3rd. Saturday, it's 7 a.m. to midday. Um, I know it's a bit early for all of us, but, you know, the sun won't be as up or yet as up as it is now. That's good. Mm. Anyway, um, we meet at Told You So at 7 a.m. Have a coffee, uh, have a bagel if you want, and then we go out our separate ways. We'll go helpers' backyards, we'll kick lawns. Really good fun. Um, and hopefully get a lot out of it. So I would really encourage you to head over to our website, sign up to Go Beyond, invite a friend, even if they've never been to church before, our boys at church would love to invite them to invite them to our church as well. Speaking of inviting a friend, <laughs> a <laughs> great segue, segue oh, classic. For, for posting this. Um, next week, so obviously before Go Beyond, we'll have our uh, seasonly event called uh, Hello Sundays here at Beyond. Um, there'll be food trucks, probably a coffee van because it's like that time of year. A um, bit of live music from yours truly. And, uh, How good is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you want to invite a friend to that, uh, that'd be good. It's um, yeah, a good time to hang out, a bit of, bit of hot food, a bit of Papa Joe, some what, six out of ten tunes, something like that. Six out of ten. Oh, um, but yeah, if you can't wait for next week to eat, which is probably no one can because that's a while away, uh, after the service wraps up, after we've had a bit of, bit of chit-chat around here and that's when the light starts to kick us out, uh, we'll be heading to Laneway, which yep. is... The, the restaurant precinct at the left field That's small right. place. And you're a first yeah. time host, so you get to choose where we eat today. Um, I'll probably be that guy. I'm not actually going. I got a got a roast meal at home waiting for me. But uh, right, we're going to Harry's house, so yeah. we'll see you there. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Grilled. Let's yeah, get grilled. I was gonna say good. Yeah, food, gr- uh, good food. Just eat where you yeah. want, and then come find someone to sit with. If you come eat. Okay, go. We'll get. We'll, okay, so we'll get Uber Eats and go to Harry's house. Um, should be a good time. Bit of Netflix. Dan, if you want it. Dan, I love that. I got awesome. KO. I'll be on my phone watching, the, watching a bit of sport. Oh, well, we're definitely going there. 
Um, look forward Please to see you guys next week at Hello house. Sundays. Um, have a great weekend. Yeah, I hope to have a chat with you now and see you later. Enjoy. Enjoy.